Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I do that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss or have always focused on that in the past and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks that we figure out outside of the training and nutrition protocol that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And these usually hold people back more than they think. So if you're interested in learning more, you can fill out the link in the show notes or click the link in the show notes and that will take you to more information about the coaching or you can reach out to me on Instagram. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. And the link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about a, about a body recomp, what it is, how to do that, then I have my masterclass, free masterclass on body recomp. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, if you don't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. And you can reach out to, to me with any questions, anything like that. Next, if you have found this podcast be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's questions. So we have some good ones in here. So the first one was, if you train two to three times per week, should you be in a surplus? And I think this is a good question because again, somebody will hear this, hey, in order to really maximize muscle growth, you should be in a surplus at some point in time, right? Maybe you aren't always in a surplus or maybe you initially you don't get in a surplus or uh, maybe you have some runway to see a little bit of a recomp or you don't have to, again, get into a, a, a surplus to build muscle. But what if you only train two to three days a week? Would that change? And I thought this was a great question because it, it really does. I think first, it, it, it does depend on the exact situation and we can I can go through that here in a little bit. But where I, how I want to wrap this up is I want to wrap this up by talking about how you can get the most out of a calorie surplus. Because again, a lot of times people hear calorie surplus and um, so they do it, but then they're, and then they gain some weight. Maybe they're not happy with their physique and they're like, calorie surplus doesn't work. But really what you do in that process is super important. Again, I always bring this back to my, this period of time in college when I wanted to just get huge. Like I was just trying to build as much muscle as possible. There's actually a guy, a football player, Laron Landry, if anybody wants to look him up, he was through Muscle Farm and he was like a guy that I was like, I want to be as jacked he is. And this guy's massive. I'm pretty sure he got caught taking PEDs. So if that tells you anything, it's for me, I was like, oh, he's 230 or 240. I'm like, shoot, that's what I need to do. I need to get to 230, 240. I just need to get put on as much weight as possible. And while I do think it was good to get into a surplus, I took it a little too far. I spent too much time in it. My methods were just crap, right? It was just, hey, just try to gain as much weight as possible. Just like really just eat a ton of food, particularly just carbohydrates. When college, I was also like drinking a ton as well too. And again, I just gained a ton of weight. Yes, I gained weight, but I gained a lot of extra body fat. So I want to wrap this up by talking about how we can maximize that that calorie surplus. Because again, what we do in that process is super important there with that. And again, we can be in a calorie surplus and we may gain weight, but we may not be happy with where that weight comes from, right? Again, that's why how I want to turn this into. But to go back to the original, hey, two to three times a week, probably not for two days. And again, there, sorry, 
before I go into this, the reason I want to bring up how to get the most out of your calorie surplus is because I think this will tie back into how many days, but to answer this, probably not for two days, maybe for three, depending on the situation. Okay. Again, if you can only train two days a week, we're probably not going to be pushing a calorie surplus. If we do, it's going to be a very tiny one, right? And the reason being is you're just probably not going to be able to get in enough training volume that you really need to make the most out of that calorie surplus at three. We could potentially be getting there with that. Now, how this would exactly look would be, again, comes down to the exact person. If there's somebody who's really lean and they want to really maximize muscle growth and they've been training for a while, then for them, we probably do need to gain some weight. We need to get into a small calorie surplus. If this person has a moderate body fat level, they want to build muscle, but they're not trying to be the biggest person in the world. They've only been training for two years. For them, we for both these situations, we'd probably be a little bit closer to their maintenance and really focus on maximizing the training versus worrying about the calorie surplus there, right? So in, in most situations, I would probably push people to stay closer to their maintenance range if they can only train two to three times a week. So so now I want to shift this kind of uh, question to getting the most out of your calorie surplus. And, and I think, yeah, so two things I see here with a calorie surplus, too many people shy away from building muscle because they think they need to quote unquote bulk or gain weight in order to do that. So they're like, oh, I got to just put on a ton of weight to build muscle. And because of that, people end up like shying away from build, from the process of building muscle because they think that they, they either have to be in a surplus or they're not going to build muscle when we know we can be uh, relatively close to maintenance. The other big mistake is they eat in a calorie surplus when it isn't a good time or they're not going to benefit from. Okay. So this is, comes back to the getting the most out of your calorie surplus. And in my experience, most people don't have enough variables. The ones I'm about to go over dialed into need slash see the benefits of a calorie surplus. And so these are things that you can do to one, build muscle without a calorie surplus to build, get the most out of your calorie surplus. So the fir very first thing here is you need to have the ability to push training and have training specific to muscle growth. A surplus is only going to be helpful to build muscle if you know how to slash can push training regularly. And so what I don't mean here is you can just get your heart rate up. You can be sweaty. You can just lift a ton of weight for maybe not a lot of reps or sloppy reps. So again, if you just go through the motions more times than not, or your training isn't specific to building muscle, you need to first get this dialed in before worrying about being in a surplus to build muscle and to get more, the most out of that surplus, right? So again, you're, you're more, you're going to benefit more from learning how to push your training in a way that's conducive to building muscle, right? Again, like as it was about to say there, not in a way that just gets your heart rate up, you're sweaty, it just, just burns, or again, you're just like lifting heavy weight with maybe not the greatest technique, right? It's being able to take that, learn how to take the target muscle close to failure, push past that discomfort while maintaining focus and maintaining focus and form and whatnot while you're taking that target muscle close to failure. And then being able to do that consistently and regularly over time there with that, like that's what I mean there by that. So again, if you're not able to do that, you're not going to get as much out of a calorie surplus. So again, you're better off focusing on that first before figuring out, you know, before getting into a surplus, because if you don't get the training side of things figured out, you're likely going to gain a little bit more fat mass than you want. I bring up this study by Eric Helms. I've talked about it multiple times. Eric Helms was on my podcast recently, probably within the last two episodes. I think it was January 10th that episode came out. Um, so it was last week as I'm recording this. And they, they did the weight gain study and they found that the more weight you gained, the more there was fat mass involved. Now, what they did say though, is that, or what they did find was that the biceps, which was trained a little bit more, had a little bit more volume overall. And they pushed that, that muscle group a little bit more because of all the pulling and the direct bicep work they had. And they did see a little bit more muscle growth in that body part. So again, this just goes to show that, Hey, if you can push, if you can push training, you're going to get a lot more out of that surplus. So again, if you aren't there yet and you don't know how to do that, you're better off sticking closer to your maintenance and 
focusing on this first. Two, enough training overall, right? So this kind of goes back to the the how many days per week, right? If you can only train two days per week, you're just not going to be able to get a ton of volume in, right? So if you one training consistently or can only train one, two times per week, you may not benefit as much from being in a calorie surplus. And because of that, you may end up gaining more weight as body fat. So you want to wait to go into a surplus until you can get more overall training volume in, or you can just be more um, consistent overall. So again, that goes back to that question. Again, we need to make sure we train enough. If you can only train two days a week, so this just isn't a great time for you to be in a surplus. You can be in a surplus, but just expect a little bit more fat gain than you would like, but not as much muscle gain. Next sleep, if you don't have sleep dialed in, you're going to gain more fat in a surplus and you have room to improve your muscle building capabilities without a surplus. So get sleep dialed in first here with that. So we want to make sure sleep's in a good spot. Again, we want to make sure we have macros, nutrition habits, and diet quality. So if your diet quality, high amounts of processed foods, low amounts of vitamins and minerals, or your nutrition habits suck and or your macros are all out of balance, you're not going to get as much out of your calorie surplus and you likely have some wiggle room to build muscle outside of a calorie surplus first, right? What I mean by this is if you go like super high fat, moderate carbs, low protein. Again, that's probably not going to be great from a body comp standpoint in a calorie surplus. You'd better you'd be better off getting a little bit higher protein, a little bit lower fat, moderate to high amount of carbohydrates there because that's going to be a little bit more conducive to muscle growth in that aspect. Or again, if you just eat kind of what people call a dirty bulk all the time, you're likely going to one, miss out on essential vitamins and minerals. Probably not going to be great from a gut health perspective. And then you're more likely to consume more calories which would get you into a larger energy surplus, which in turn would lead to more fat gain over time. So again, we need to make sure that we um, have at least a good base of nutrition down before we just decide to get into a um, surplus. And again, that was one of the mistakes I made initially there was I didn't care about nutrition quality. It was like, hey, just get in as many calories as you can. Hey, this is a this is a, the dreamer bulk, whatever they talk about there on that. And I just didn't worry about that. There was alcohol involved as well, which yeah, I was getting calories in, but again, those probably aren't going to be calories that are conducive to optimal body composition um, as well. Improve fat levels, body fat levels. If you're at a higher, if you're at higher levels of body fat, you, know, you don't really need that much of a surplus to build muscle, right? And you have room to build muscle outside of a calorie surplus as well too. So if you're already at 20% body fat for you, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to be in a surplus until you get your body fat levels down a bit. And, and, or if you don't want to drop body fat, say you you're at 20%, you just spent a good amount of time in a deficit. So what do I do now for you? I'd get you at maintenance, right? High end of your maintenance and really focus on these other things that we talked about here, getting that, continuing to dial that in and really pushing your training. And I think you have a some runway here there with that. So again, takeaway, most people have a lot of things to work on before needing a calorie surplus to build muscle. Therefore, you can build muscle at maintenance or in some cases, a small deficit by focusing on these things. First, a client will see good recap in this process. If these are dialed in for an extended period of time and you want to continue to add more muscle, then a surplus may be a good choice for you. But in some cases, you may not ever need to be in a calorie surplus. And this is depending on your goal, right? If you want to maximize muscle growth, you're likely going to need to be in a surplus at some time. If you decide to go into a calorie surplus, make sure you have these other variables in place as they are just as important as the actual surplus itself, right? And that last point I wanted to hit on is that the surplus is only helpful if everything else is dialed in, right? Otherwise it just becomes a way to an excuse to just eat more food, I feel, and just lead to you wanting to probably fat loss, either one, having to lose more body fat than you initially planned for, um, two, having to fat loss diet more than you 
would need to, right? And then that's more time that you're not going to be in optimal state to build muscle. So hopefully um, that was helpful there on that. Um, so let's go to the next question. Is there an ideal ratio between unilateral and bilateral exercise in a training program? So first, unilateral is where you work one side of the body, you do a set, and then you switch sides and do the other, right? So like a single arm dumbbell row, we're going to work the left side, then we'll work the right side. That's unilateral. Bilateral is you work both sides at the same time. And it's for muscle growth, because this is where I'm going to take this from, because I think it once you start to get into, if it's like a performance base or again, say something like you're trying to work on overall strength, you may want to be a little bit more specific, but I'm, I'm going to take this from specifically muscle growth here. So for muscle growth, there is no ideal ratio, right? Really whatever you prefer is fine. And this is why I love hypertrophy training because you really get this flexibility with how you go about it from an exercise selection standpoint, a rep range standpoint, obviously here, you know, how you perform the exercises. So yeah, there really is no ideal ratio. You can really break it up to whatever, again, like I think from a hypertrophy standpoint, whatever can get you to get the most productive volume in for extended periods of time is the way to go. And for you, if you like unilateral training and that gets you to stick to it more to push your training more, then that's obviously we want to find the good balance there. If you like more bilateral stuff, then I think finding that split there is perfect for you. You could literally do a hundred percent you could do 75, 25, you could do 50, 50, you could do 60, 40, whatever you want to find there. I personally like around 20% to 40% unilateral. I've actually changed this a little bit over the last couple of years. I was probably maybe five to 10% unilateral and then the rest um, bilateral. And, and so really what it comes down to is one time. I think unilateral training probably takes a little bit longer. That's something to consider from like a time standpoint. Could you be a little bit more efficient with bilateral? Probably. So you do need to consider that. I also do find that unilateral training tends to be a little bit more fatiguing overall for me. Biggest reason is you got to do one side and you're not done. Then you have to go and do the other, right? So if you are pushing higher intensities, like lower RARs, that can weigh on you because you got to think that's like basically double the amount of time you have to get to that point, which kind of sucks. So yeah, I'm saying that unilateral does provide some benefits as well too, right? And you do get to train one side. You can really isolate things. If you do have any strength discrepancies from one side to the other, you obviously can can work on that. Really, I think it comes down to your preference, time commitment. And yeah, th those are really the two big ones there. And from there, you can really... It, another thing that would impact this too would be extra, like what equipment you have access to. Again, if you can really like only do unilateral, that's fine. You can make it work, right? So again, I think with hypertrophy, we have so much flexibility with how we go about it that again, this is just another thing where, hey, if we have to do it this way or you like it this way, we can certainly make it kind of mold that preference there for you. All right. So last question is, when did you say... Okay, so this this question was confusing. So basically, I mentioned that I I can't remember the exact thing, but it was around coffee. Like basically, uh, this person asked if I said I had a problem with coffee and, and and whatnot. And so I don't really know what I said specifically, um, but I would imagine I said something along the lines of that I feel like I probably drink a little too much coffee overall. Now somebody can take this and be like, "What's wrong with coffee? Why would you say that?" I think it's not necessarily the coffee per se that's the problem. The issue is more so the caffeine that is in coffee, right? So that's the big thing there is it's more so the caff if, if there were one if there were one reason to limit how much coffee you have, it would be because of the caffeine in it, right? And the biggest thing comes down to like sleep. That would be the main one, main concern, right? So again, more caffeine overall is likely going to lead to um, poorer sleep, right? Maybe a harder time falling asleep, not as great sleep quality, but then the timing of caffeine as well too. The later you do it in the day, um, the more it's going to impact your sleep and you being able to fall asleep. So when sleep is impacted, that's obviously going to have um, a trickle down effect to your training, body composition, mood choices, et cetera. That's a big thing there. A couple other things though, as to why I feel like coffee may could impact things is 
it, because it has the caffeine, again, higher amounts of caffeine can just lead to that more sympathetic state, that fight or flight, right? So anxiety can be a little bit higher, can just be a little bit more fidgety. So again, it's a little bit tougher to get into that rest and digest parasympathetic state, which can be great from a body composition standpoint. Again, we don't want to always be in that parasympathetic. We do. Most people would probably benefit from spending more time in it than not. Then we have gut health perspective. I think a lot of caffeine overall can start to play a role in your gut health. So you would want to also monitor that with that. So those are the main things with caffeine as to why I said I probably have a little bit more coffee than I should. And those are my three biggest concerns from that standpoint. Also, if you are trying to be in a calorie surplus, Again, this goes back to gut health too. If it impacts that, being a, if your gut health is off, it's going to impact body composition, whether you're in a fat loss or a muscle gain phase. It can be hard to consume enough cal- like enough calories because you might not be as hungry because you're drinking a good amount of caffeine. So something to keep in mind. For me, I used to do pre-workouts, but since I do more coffee now, I just do like a stem-free pre-workout and that helps me get more water in and more fluid. It's not caffeine before my workout, which can be helpful there with that. One kind of myth with coffee too that I wanted to mention is, oh, it dehydrates you. But I think if you have too much of it, I think it could potentially start to dehydrate you. But if you have a little bit, that's not really a too big of a concern, right? It's not going to dehydrate you. It's still fluid and whatnot. So we need to think about that standpoint. Lastly, I think the other big thing here is that people need to look out for is when people consume a lot of coffee, they a lot of times we'll drink it with sweeteners or, or, or they're going to be calorie, uh, they're going to have a lot of calories in them. Um, so I typically like to just, I not typically like, I do just stick with black coffee. Um, so again, like that could be a concern for somebody, like if they consume a lot of coffee, obviously the caffeine content, but then also what are they putting in their coffee? What is in that coffee drink? Again, if it has a lot of calories, now you're starting to look at, you're consuming a lot of extra calories or not a lot of, and again, we just, any issue you have with consuming calories. So that would be the other thing to potentially look out for if you're somebody like me who likes a lot of coffee. So again, I won't drink it past two to 3 PM and I try to be done earlier than that, but hey, sometimes it's just not in the cards and I drink a little bit later than that. But I would say my hard cutoff of coffee is about 4 PM. Most case, most days, my hard cutoff is two to three, but Hey, sometimes it happens. Got something going on, maybe a podcast later on. I want to be a little bit more energized for maybe I'll drink it closer to four, but that's my hard cutoff there with that. That is it for today's podcast. Let me know if you have any questions and I will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.